Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Amen. I tell you, I am humbled. I love this family. You know, you have a faith, you have a great, great family. You know, never, never take that for granted. You have a great, great church family, amen? I love your pastor. You know, we are, we are brothers. There's no doubt about it. We are brothers. You know, I, 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 I really love how you operate. You know, whenever I, he, he mentioned to me, you know, well, you know we're going to do three services. I'm like, I'm not used to three services. <laughs> I'm used to one service that takes the same amount of time. Ask three services. <laughs> you know, it's always difficult whenever we, you know, we get a mic and you, you put us on a timeline. It's, it's tough, you know. You know, I kind of, I kind of, I, and I intentionally mis, misquote the scripture where the prophet is subject to the spirit. You know, it's like I, the spirit will stop when I tell the spirit to stop. You know, and I realized I got it wrong. Like, no wonder I was preaching so long. I'll tell you something that my, my pastor, he would say starting a, starting a message. You know, he would time his messages with uh, a lifesaver. He'd pop a lifesaver in his mouth, and when the lifesaver was done, he was done. <laughs> he said one day he slipped a button in his mouth, you know. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Button falls off, don't put it in your pocket. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for today. We thank you, Lord God, for the, the family of faith. I ask God that you would just use me, Lord God. Hide me behind the cross and speak through these lips of clay, O oh God. And Father God, we'll, I'll always glorify you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I always mention my pastor, Pastor Cooper. He, he, he really started his ministry. And this is really how I got to be in the AME church. He started his ministry in the AME church in Elizabeth. And what had happened was they had a parachurch ministry, and most of the people in that ministry, they would meet at Allen Chapel in Elizabeth, and most of the people were from the Church of God in Christ. And my pastor got saved. I mean, he used to play in a band, you know, to play in a band called Sunny in the Premieres, and I, and I kind of Googled at one time, looked up pictures and stuff, and there he was, sure enough, with his bass guitar and the back, you know. Um, but then he, when he got saved, he was serious about it. And the seriousness of, of his salvation, it really poured out on the rest of us. Because when we got saved, we were serious about it. I didn't just get saved to feel good. I didn't just got, get saved because I was in trouble. A lot of times, you know, I mean, and, and I'm not knocking this, because sometimes people don't get a bad report and say, you know what, I need to give my life to the Lord. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. What, you know, whatever it takes. You know, whatever it takes. Uh, but for me, I sat in the congregation that day. I'll never forget it. And he preached a message entitled, You Must Be Born Again. And I really felt like I was the only one in that congregation. It was me and him. And he was talking directly to me. You know, and I knew that my life needed to change. And, 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 and it did. Have I been perfect since then? No, not by a long shot. However, however, my commitment to God has never changed. 
I haven't been in the church, out of the church, in the church, out of the church. I actually, in my whole life, I've had two pastors. You know, one before I went to the military, and then afterwards, I, I joined the church. It was Mallory Chapel AME at the time, you know, and, and it's now Signal of Light. That's the only pastor I had because I didn't bounce all over the place, you know, because my church was my family, my church was my home, my, my church was my, my mission, and my church was where it was that God called me to be. You better believe if God calls you to be there, there's a devil that doesn't want you there. So don't, don't give in to what the devil says. The devil will have either the pastor say something that upsets you or somebody sitting next to you. Have, you know, I had a lady, she, she left the church one time because this was in St. Paul's because somebody was sitting in her seat. <laughs> True story. They're in my seat. I said there are no names on any of these seats. If you want your seat, you got to come early enough <laughs> to sit there. Tact is not one of my strong points. <laughs> Needless to say, she left the church, you know, which made the seat available for someone else. <laughs> but let me just share with you a little bit about what it is that God is speaking really to us today. We had a great, great time at that, the faith conference, you know, the Lord moved, and the Lord is still moving. The Lord is still moving. You know, the, the God that we serve is still alive. I want to give you a, a, share something with you out of the book of Genesis. Genesis, the second chapter, the seventh verse, familiar passage to most of us. It says, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living person. Now, I want to kind of point, point out the obvious here. God doesn't have to do anything. And the scripture said that when the Lord God, he formed the man from the dust of the ground. At that point in time, man was formed. Man was there. The problem is man only existed until the breath was breathed into his nostrils. So he looked like a man, tall like a man, shaped like a man. And whenever I say man, I'm talking about a human. Because we, we know the story, how a woman came out of man, but it, the, the, the gender is not the, the topic here. It's the fact that he, was, he existed as a man. But it wasn't until the breath of God was breathed into his nostrils that he became a living person. Today, sadly to say, even in some churches, we have existing people, but not living people. Existing. How can you exist in a church and not live? Because I know church is a good thing to do. Church is the moral thing to do. You know, I really just want my family to be in church. And, you know, church is the right thing. There's good people in church and, you know, all of those kind of things. But what about the breath of God being breathed into you? That's what really makes the difference. And that word, that word breath, you know, I, I kind of looked it up spare you because the only thing I would do is pretend like I know how to say this Hebrew word. And, I, and I'll give you, I'll give you a, 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 a little secret of mine. When I got a Hebrew word that I think I'm going to preach, I go to Google and I say, pronounce this word. And, and, you know, if you've ever done it, there's those little lips, they go. Durrah. Then I get in church and I forget how to pronounce it anyway. So I'm not going to try to pronounce it for you. But I'm going to tell you what this breath, I'm going to tell you what it means. It means to, uh, it, it means to, 
Literally what it means is to inflate, to blow hard, to scatter, to kindle, to expire. And then it, it, it means to uh, breathe. And it means, it, here's the word, seething. Seething. You know what seething is? I'll give you an example of what seething is because most of us have done it. Most of us have said, ooh, they made me so mad. I was hot. And that breath is really, it, it's a fire that God has breathed into man. And God, if you're here and if you're breathing, and I believe that you're here, and I think you're breathing, most of you, there's a fire that God breathed into you. Every breath that you breathe ought to remind you that there is a God in heaven that breathed into you. Every breath that you breathe. So when man was formed from the earth, he, he, he not only was formed from the earth, but he was made from heaven too. The dirt came from the earth. The breath came from God. So there's a God in each and every one of us. And we need to know, you need to know that there's a power within you that if you breathe out something, that you're breathing out the breath of God. It ought to be a constant reminder. We know that the, the, the weather is changing, and when you go down there, outside in the wintertime and you see that steam come out, let it be a reminder to you that that's the breath of God that's within me. When you stand in the mirror and you breathe on the mirror and it gets steamy because of your breath, that's God. You know, I think it's great because it's a, it's a great reminder that God breathed into us. He breathed a fire into us. Somewhere along the way. And, and, and see that seething, really what it means, it means intensely hot. God, it's his desire that we as believers, that we be on fire. We need to be on fire for God. Even whenever I say it, I, I think some of you have kind of jumped the gun a little bit and say, you know what, I, I used to be on fire. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm not, and don't put your hand up, don't move, but, but how many people, you was on fire one time and you know that, that fire is gone. The energy, we put it, oh, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be, or, or whatever the reason is. It's not professional for me to react that way. Listen. When I got saved years ago, I went to a school, uh, Triangle Tech, and I was on fire for the Lord. I really was. I, I mean, I just loved the Lord. And I had a guy, a Christian guy, he said, oh, I can tell you just got saved, you know, because the way that you're preaching the gospel, he said, that'll change. How's that for advice from a Christian? And my prayer from that point on was that it would never, ever change. Never, ever change. And it's important for us to stay on fire for God. The, 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 the scripture says, you did run well. Who hindered you? You remember there was a time, and I, I, and I pray that I'm reading your mail right now, there was a time that you was not afraid to tell somebody that they needed Jesus Christ. And sometimes we'll mask it whenever. We may not say that, but they'll tell you their problems. You say, well, I'll pray for you. I want you to know this. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. Jesus is the way. But God is looking for, he breathed that breath into us, and we've gotten cooled off sometimes. Now, I, 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 I'll tell you, when I was younger, and even now that I'm older, 
I'm a bit of a pyromaniac. You know, I, I, I like, I, you know, there's just something about fire. You know, I mean, I never really burned down any buildings <laughs> that people were living in. But when I was a child, we lived over in Tire Hill, too, and had these big old fields, and there was this stuff called, we called it buffalo weed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't really know what it was called, but it burned real easy. And what we would do, we would, and it would pull out, when you pulled it off the ground, it would come out in clumps. So we would pull out the clumps, we'd light it, and we'd throw it, and the rest of the field would start to burn. Now, we were just having fun. You know, we really wasn't trying to, we would, honestly, we wouldn't even throw it and burn it and run. we just watch it burn, and we do it again, we do it over and over again. But what's neat about it is this. Whenever we would take it and we would throw it, where it landed, that caught on fire too. All right? But the thing about it is, the, 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 the reason why I, I, I think that I even mentioned the fire, because there's a, there ought to be a fire within us that burns, that when we land somewhere, somebody around us feels the heat. Somebody around us, they, they catch on fire too. But whenever I say I, I kind of say I was a power man, because, you know, I, you know when, when I light a fire, I, I, don't, I don't like to use accelerants. You know, like even if I burn garbage, or if, I'm, if, if I make a little, because we got a little fire pit in our yard, if I light a fire pit, I don't use gas, I don't use lighter fluid, I like to get it from the from the ground up. I'm a pyromaniac. When somebody says, hey, I'll light that fire for you, you know, and they come with a gas can, I'm like, novice, keep your gas can. That ain't how you light a fire. You know, there's ways to do it. But we, are there any pyromaniacs for the Lord? Are there any of us that were willing to burn to set something on fire for God? What would happen when, and, 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 and I know you, you kind of see this, and, you know, because I, would, I, would, I was a Boy Scout, believe it or not, and I would light fires, you know, the old Boy Scout way, which wasn't that easy, but it, 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 it was, took some work, but it got done without matches, without lighters, without accelerants, you know, it, and once I finally got that fire going, you know, it's burning, it's like, you know what, next time I'm going to use a match. That's just too much work, you know. But the fire, it took some work to get going. But then the fire would begin to die down. And before I let the fire go out, you get down close to the fire and blow those ashes away and you see those red hot coals. And then you get some dry stuff and you put it on there to get it fired up again, then you put the thicker stuff, then you get the fire going all, all, all over again. I'm here today to let you know that some people need to be on fire all over again. Sometimes we need a little... We let society change us. We let the rules and the regulation of this world change us. We let what people think about us change us. Listen, when you get on fire, it doesn't really matter. When you get on fire, people want to know about it. I'm one of those people, and you may be too, that... When I'm home and maybe I hear the fire whistle and I see the glow in the sky, I hop in my truck, I ride on over there to see what's burning. How many folk are coming to your house to see what's burning? How many people are going to ride over to your life 
and say, you know, something's been burning in you, and I need to know what that fire is all about. We need just another blow. We need, we need God to breathe into our nostrils again so that we're not just existing, but that we're living. Listen, I, for one, I, I, and I say this all the time, I really wish that, that, that God would just overtake my life where I didn't have any choices. You know, when God said, go, yes, Lord, I will go. I will be obedient. But he gives us choices. Go or not go. Give or not give. Love somebody or not love them. Yeah, I had a preacher, and he was a minister, actually. He said, man, they made me so mad, I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. I said, well, you need an 11-foot pole then. Because you still need to touch them. I told you tack wasn't my strong point. <laughs> but when that fire, when it, that, that fire begins to go out, we need something to blow on us. Yeah. How does that blowing happen? It happens whenever we decide I'm, getting, I'm getting, getting beside myself and I'm taking myself to Bible study. We get beside ourselves. I say, you know, it's time for us to have devotions at home. We get beside ourselves and say, I'm going to lay my hands on my kids and I'm going to pray for them before they leave for school. That's how we stay on fire, keep the fire going. In order for a fire to continue to burn, you've got to feed it. And if your fire burns and you say, uh, I'm not going to pray, I'm not going to Bible study, I'm not going to listen to that pastor. You know, you know here's what I love about whenever people don't want to listen to pastors. I'm a man just like he is. He puts his pants on the same way I do. But there are some things in his pockets that's not in yours. There's some places of authority that he has in his pocket that's not in yours. He's got keys in his pockets that, that will open up things that your keys won't open. What does that mean? That means that we have to submit ourselves to those that's in authority over us. We have to be obedient to God. You know, when we're obedient to God, you know, for how, well, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I did a kingdom teaching yesterday, and we need to be a kingdom people and not a church people. We need to be a kingdom people and not a religious people. Listen, I'm going to go so far as to say this. We need to be a kingdom people and not a saved people. And whenever I say that, it's because you can't be kingdom and be unsaved. Because when you're kingdom, you listen to the king. When you listen to the king, that's going to put you right in a place of righteousness. Every time, all the time. But the fire needs to burn within us. We are living in a lost and dying world. If you haven't figured it out by now, I don't even know what's wrong with you. People are dying every day. The world is, in, is going crazy. You know, the, the politics is just, it's like, you know, give me a break. Sheesh. You know? But the world, someone said this, uh, as a matter of fact, a, a, a singer. How many of y'all remember the singer, Carmen? Man, I love that dude. But one of the things that he said, he said, the reason why we raise our hands when we worship, because we've got the answer. We have the answer. That's why we raise our hands. And, and Jesus is the answer for this world, for this dying world. But if we're not on fire, if we're not willing to, to, to burn so that, people, that we can get other people's attention, there are people that will walk right past us and be lost. We have to do it. 
And we have to do it in the right spirit. I'll tell, I'm going to tell you a story, and this is an old story, and I'll tell you how old the story is. How many of y'all remember Moss Supermarket? Remember that? I was going to Moss one day, and, and you know, the way you park, it was just in the front, it was as long as you park way down there. So I'm getting ready to pull in there, and I see somebody with their white lights on, getting ready to back out. So I said, well, I'm going to wait. So I'm on New Salem Road, obviously, I'm stopping traffic, waiting for them to back out. They back out, and I go to pull in, and the car that's already parked right there, backed up, and back, up, back, up, back, up, back, and moved over one spot, because they were in the handicapped spot. So they moved over to my spot. And I was, what was that word I told you? I was seething. <laughs> Boy, I was hot. I wasn't going to wait for another spot, so I went way down there in that park, and I came back up, and I was boiling. And I'm going to say, a spirit said, just walk up to the window and say, God bless you. And the spirit said, don't you say a word. <laughs> and the reason why I was instructed not to say a word, because the attitude with which I was going to say, God bless you, might as well have been a cuss word. As a matter of fact, if I wasn't saved, it would have been a cuss word, which is why the Holy Spirit said, don't you say a word because you're saying it all wrong in your spirit. There are things that we can, you know, once we get on fire for God, there are things that we need to say, and we need to say them with the right spirit. There are times that you say things with the wrong spirit just because I want to get them told. I gave them a piece of my mind. Oh, that's why you don't understand anything now. <laughs> I, th I think you gave too many pieces away. <laughs> Things need to be said in the right spirit. We need to be on fire for God. We need to burn in such a way that we get other people's attention. You know, people need to know that, 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 that not, li listen, not that I'm, uh, a, a member of Faith Assembly. They, as a matter of fact, there are probably some members of some churches that you need to not tell them I'm a member there. I got, I got some, listen, I can tell you some stories, you know, but I won't. That's like, Lord Jesus, I hope you don't tell nobody to go to our church. Because of the attitude. But God's looking for some folk that's going to be on fire for, for him. That, that, that breath that God breathed into them, that hot, hot breath. You know when it gets cold outside and you don't have your gloves, you're like, <sighs> because you're heating up your fingers. Heating up with what? Heating up with the fire that God put in your body. You know, that fire is still within you. If you can talk that fire within you, if you can breathe that fire is within you, and you need to breathe fire out on someone. You know, we've come to the place that maybe the fire begin to die down. And we say, we may not say it with our word, but with our action, we say, I'm saved enough. You know, I go to church. That's, that's good enough. I give. You know, the, the one that, love, that I love the most are people that don't go to church and all are like, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person. I give to people. I give to the poor. I donate to the shelters and all of that. All of that's good, but you know, we need Jesus. You know, and as we know that we recognize that we need Jesus, in order for us to get that word out, get on fire. Let people drive around and see what's going on in your life. 
Let them know that you're on fire. Let them know that when things go bad, you get your pink slip on your job. Let them know, you know, why you didn't react the way everybody reacted because I'm on fire. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. John in 21, 21 says this. Jesus said to them again, peace be to you. Just as the Father sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Is it possible, only you would know this, that you need breathed on again? Is it possible that in order for this fire to continue to burn, that you need another breath into your nostrils so that you will do more than just exist? But you become a living soul, a living being. Get on fire for God all over again. Because this world does not have the answer. Politics doesn't have the answer. Our government, they don't have the answer. Jesus, we need to follow our Savior. Jesus Christ has the only answer that there really is. We're, we're, not, we're not just here going through the motions. You know, with, with our church, you know, most of you know that I'm Methodist by denomination. All right? How many of you know familiar with the Methodist church? You know it's unprecedented for a Methodist pastor to be at one church for 26 years. It's like that just doesn't happen. And I think, I, I personally think because they don't know what to do with me. <laughs> I think they don't, they don't know what to do with me. You know, one of my favorite stories was, you know, we had a lady come from out of town. You know, people, they may come from out of town. And, and they said, well, I wanna, I'm an assembly of God. I want to find an assembly of God church. Well, that's what this woman did. She said, I need to find me a Methodist church. And she comes, Pastor, my name is Sister Baloney. I'm visiting from Maryland. I just had to find me a Methodist church. We're glad. We're glad to have you, sister. And I tell you what, we started a service, started a preaching. The Spirit of God fell in that place. I'm talking about people all over the floors, talking in tongues. I mean, there's a Holy Ghost outpouring in that place. After service, he, Pastor, I thought you told me it was a Methodist church. Well, I did tell you it was a Methodist church. You should have asked me what the method was. <laughs> because we allowed the Holy Ghost to flow in our place. If you've never heard a Methodist preacher speak in tongues, you're looking at one right here right now. Because I believe in the Holy Ghost. My pastor, Pastor Bishop Cooper, he taught us about the Holy Ghost. He taught us about flowing in the Holy Ghost. He taught us about holiness and righteousness. He taught us about being on fire. I got it. When he preached it, we got it. Now, I'm going to tell you this story. I didn't say this in the other service because Sister Danette wasn't here, but something she said that kind of ministered to me because Reverend Cooper would give an altar call and people always got saved. Now, if you ever seen me drive, like, okay, I need to be saved in my driving. <laughs> and I was the bus driver for the church. So once we got to church, I think most of those people, according to her, said, you know what, I need to be saved before I get back on that bus. <laughs> I just need to know that I'm going to heaven in case I don't make it home. 
She told me I never forgot. I said, you know, I've never thought about it that way. But we, you know, we, we knew how to serve. We knew how to be on fire. The scripture says this, you did run well. Who hindered you? Some of you can remember, yeah, I remember when I would do this, and I remember when I would do that. Listen, time doesn't cut that off. Age doesn't cut that off. Wisdom doesn't cut that off. What you need to do for God, you do for God. You know, a lot of, I know, I know, even for me, like within the body, I mean, I never really was like a, a preaching, jumping kind of preacher kind of person. But if I was, I couldn't do it no more. But it's got nothing to do with the fire that's in me that's going to come out of my mouth that's going to want to cause someone else to burn for Jesus Christ. He breathed that breath into us. He breathed and we became alive. Are you alive today? Are you alive today? He's looking for some folk that's going to be alive that says, you know, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to burn for you all over again. All over again. Romans 8 and 11 says this. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Has he breathed in you? That spirit that rose Christ from the dead, it'll, the, the, the scripture says it will quicken your mortal body. You know, whenever I think about a, a, a mortal body being quickened, I think about a, a casket and, 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 and that body getting quickened. Gets, gets up out of that, most of us would leave the funeral home. Preacher would pray, God raise them up. That person get out the casket like, you know, I got to go. <laughs> but there are some folk who attend church, show up to church, know about the church, who are dead, just existing, and there's no life in them. They'll walk. They'll talk. They even got a Bible. They even kind of not, praise the Lord. But they're just existing. I'm here to let you know that today is a time for a fresh breath. Uh, breathe in me all over again. I want to get hot all over again. I want to tell everybody about Jesus Christ all over again. I want them to see it in my life all over again. I'm going to go to just, just my last scripture, which, and, and I'm not going to I'm not going to read it. Jeremiah 20, verses seven, eight, and nine. But I'm going to tell you the story. Jeremiah, the prophet, in his early days, he was a prophet of God. You know, God really, you God said, "I got your back. You're a prophet. You're my prophet. I got your back." But in seven, eight, and nine, Jeremiah had a complaint. The scripture says. You know, he had a complaint. And in that complaint, he said this. He said, Lord, you persuaded me, and I let myself be persuaded. As a matter of fact, the King James Version said, Lord, you deceived me because you told me you would be there. Now, people were talking about me. They want to kill me. People laughing at me because of the things that I'm saying. Is this, 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 and I'll say this, this Christian walk is getting hard. And Jeremiah said this. He said, I'm not going to speak about you anymore, Lord. Jeremiah has made that promise. I'm not going to speak about you anymore. 
Verse 9 says this, but if I say I will not remember him nor speak anymore in his name, but then look what it says. Then in my heart, it becomes like a fire, a burning fire shut up in my bones. This world might have some things that want to hurt us. People may want to say things about us, things that keep us down and hold us back. And we may even say, I've had enough of that. Enough of being on fire. Enough about telling people about Jesus Christ. Enough about running hard for him. I'm not saying anymore. But then Jeremiah said this. He said it was like, I, I tried not to say it, but it was like fire shut up in my bones. I know the world came against me, but, but, but what God done for me is like fire shut up in my bones. I know they hurt me and they talked about me at that church, but it was like fire. I couldn't contain it. I couldn't keep it to myself. It began to burn within me. And my prayer for you is that the fire of God burn within you all over again. I worked in a secular job and I worked in the prison and, and I had some, some of my coworkers said, you know, you can't live a saved life in jail. I said, oh yes I can. Oh yes I can. And oh yes I did. Now I'll say this, I didn't say this in the first time, but I'm gonna tell you this, I'm gonna tell you when I had to leave. I was walking into that prison one day and something that happened and I began to swear. I began to cuss in my head. Never came out of my mouth, but what was in my head and what was in my heart was convicting enough for me to say, it's time for me to leave. Time for me to leave this place because it was changing. And that's what they told me. They said, this place will change who you are. And it was changing who I was. And I didn't want my fire to go out. So I left that place and I got myself in a position where the wind would blow all over again. I got in my position where I got around men of God like your pastor. And they would even say something like, and, and, and this is what it sounded like to me. And I begin to get hot all over again. I begin to burn all over again. And my question for you to this day is this. Are you ready to burn again? Are you ready to save this city? Are you willing to save your house, your family? We all got family. Just think if all of us brought two of our family members to the service. It's not in our room here. We got family members need to be saved. So my altar call is this. I want to burn again. I want to burn the way I used to burn. I'm not saying that you're unsaved. I believe that you're saved. But the, the, the scripture says this, in this life, in this world, you will have tribulation. You know what I like about that scripture? See, I'm, I'm, I'm from a generation where we had that little promise box. Remember the little promise boxes? You pull out a promise every day and you read it. Oh, praise God. I never pulled out a promise that said, in this life, you'll have tribulation. They didn't put that promise in there. But it's a promise. But that's not the end of the promise. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So do you want to burn again? You want to be on fire again? And for those of you that say, you know what, I need to burn again. I'm going to ask that you come from your seat and come and stand at this altar. I'm going to ask you that you make a move and come. You stand up here. See, because I believe 
that when you move in the natural, something happens in the spiritual. So just I want to burn all over again. I want to get on fire all over again. I want, you know, I want my fire to burn so hot that my neighbor catches on fire and their neighbor catches on fire. And then the van had to come to my community and we can just fill up the van in my community. Will you burn again? Will you come? Will you come? Just move in the natural and let something happen in the spiritual. Will you come? Let's get on fire all over again. God, I want your fire again. I want to speak in tongue the way I used to speak in tongue. I want to prophesy the way I used to prophesy. I want to give a word of knowledge the way I used to give another, another word of knowledge or word of wisdom. Will you come? Will you come? Come before the presence of the Lord. I know that you think, well, you know what? I can, I can do it from here. I, I, I can do it from here. I don't really have to go up front. One of the first operations that allows God to move is obedience. We need to be obedient. Because just like the scripture said that people need to be saved, the Bible said that it's God's desire that none perish. But people are perishing because they don't operate in obedience. So will you come? I want to burn all over again. Will you come? I'm going to pray. Father God, I just thank you, Lord God, for the obedience. I thank you, Lord God, for those that come to this altar. I thank you, Lord God, for those who remember the fire that burned within them. Father God, I just thank you, Lord God. Father God, I pray that you will restore the joy of their salvation, Lord God. Father, they would burn hot for you like they've never, ever burned before. God, give them a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. Father God, anoint them to speak in new tongues, Lord God. Father God, anoint them to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Anoint them, Lord God, to prophesy, Lord God. Anoint them, Lord God, to have a word of wisdom, another word of knowledge, Lord God. Anoint them, Lord God, to move in the five-fold ministry of the gifts that you have given us in your word. And anointing upon them. Make it fresh all over again. Fresh all over again. Touch their hearts. Touch your heart. I see people being refired. I see people being delivered. I see people being set free. I said that I, I said that there's even people that struggling with addiction. That today is your day of salvation. Today is the day that you're free. Use that power and use your voice. When you speak, I pray that fire would come out of your mouth and the, 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 the sin and the degradation that's on somebody else, the fire of the Holy Ghost would burn. For those of you that are standing here, enough with the existing. I'm beginning to live. I'm beginning to burn. I'm beginning to be on fire all over again. All over again. Father God, pour out your spirit upon them. Father God, allow them, Lord God, to move in your anointing, Lord God. Father God, I just pray, Lord God, that your word would be confirmed by signs and wonders, Lord God, as they reach out to those that are lost. They reach out to those that are seeking, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that your word, God, would be alive. God, breathe, breathe, breathe fire into their nostrils, once again, Lord God, that they go from existing to becoming a living soul. Fire, fire, 
I'm going to ask you to do this. Those of you that stand here, just say it loud as you can. I'm on fire! I'm on fire! Listen, when you tell somebody that you're on fire, if you were really on fire, people are going to come running to help you. And when they run in your direction, I pray that the fire of God would get on them so that they would cry out that they're on fire. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. I thank you. I thank you all. I pray that you don't, you, when you leave here, you're never, ever the same again. That you would flow as you are on fire.